You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Welcome to the PharmD Money Podcast, where certified financial planner Derek Delaney brings financial education and observation to help pharmacists navigate their most important financial questions. Welcome in PharmD Nation to episode number 40 of the PharmD Money Podcast. I am your host, Derek Delaney. Thank you all for joining me today. On this episode, I want to talk about how people in the world, at least I think how people in the world view financial planners or investment advisors and the simplicity of investment rate of return that gets used when people try to determine which financial advisor or financial professional or financial company is going to be best for them and why that rate of return metric isn't probably the thing you should be looking at when determining who you should hire as a financial advisor. So for a long time, investment rate of return has been probably the easiest thing for a lot of people to use in order to differentiate financial professionals or financial firms. Usually what happens is when people get closer to retirement and they decide that they want to hire a financial professional, they have their pick of a number of different people and there are a number of different factors between those people and company that could differentiate them quite substantially, but they're extremely difficult to understand. So people usually go to the easiest way to measure a financial professional, and that is based off of rate of return of investments in a portfolio. And usually the starting point for a lot of people is their rate of return in a 401k or other retirement plan account. So let's just say, again, you're getting ready to retire and you have your 401k with a big custodian. One of the biggest custodians out there, for example, could be a Fidelity. Let's just say you have your 401k with Fidelity and The market has been on an absolute tear over the last couple of years, so you're very happy with your rate of return in your 401k. And most people think that that is genuinely connected to fidelity. So they go, well, I'm happy with this rate of return in my 401k, and I need to hire a financial advisor to help me with this upcoming retirement planning that I think I'm going to want to do. I better see if fidelity has a financial advisor that's able to work with me. And that's not a bad option at all. As a matter of fact, it could be the best option available to you, depending on your circumstance. But I really think people are doing themselves a disservice when they solely use rate of return on investments as their sole measuring stick to determine the value of a financial professional, specifically when they're comparing financial professionals and trying to determine which one is going to bring the most value into their life for whatever specific reason they want to hire them for. So again, investments are easy to do this for because they're easy to monitor and they're easy to see value because you can get a statement, you can see the rate of return, you can see the money in your account either growing or subtracting. And that value on that statement directly correlates with future consumption. So in somebody's mind, they can go, geez, I'm making good money in my 401k account or I'm making good money in my taxable account or my IRA account. This company that's helping me do this is phenomenal. I should hire a financial advisor from this company because the same type of rate of return will continue to happen if I stick with this company. And if I get the same type of rate of return, I will easily be able to live comfortably in retirement for the remainder of my life. And that's where that future consumption comes in. But investment management 
when you think of a financial advisor is not the same as investment management you get in those retirement accounts like a 401k. And to be totally honest with you, investment management from a financial advisor, unless they're a specialist and that's specifically the only thing they do, probably isn't a whole lot different than what you're going to get amongst a number of different financial advising professionals. Investment management is an extremely technical skill that takes a lot of work and a lot of education to master. And to be honest with you, the financial advisors in the financial services profession, most of them don't have that type of skill because they're not compensated in order to deliver that skill. They usually get their investment portfolios and their investment know-how from whatever home office they broker through or whatever custodian they use. And then on top of that, in the end, nobody can consistently predict where the stock market's going to go over a long period of time. And I want to emphasize the word consistently because some financial professionals can get hot or get lucky or just ride a really, really good investment market for a specific period of time, doing nothing different than anybody else would have. But yet that person, that client sees that great rate of return. So they overvalue that investment rate of return and think that that positiveness is going to continue on in that relationship in all the other areas that they don't even know they're going to want to concentrate on as they get closer to retirement and move into retirement. And that is why investment rate of return isn't a good metric to measure the value of an advisor because there's no, there's not a whole lot going on behind the scenes that actually affects that rate of return from an investment skill standpoint, most likely. And if you're putting all your value in one of the the least technically skilled parts of real financial planning into your decision on whether to hire an advisor or not or who to move forward with in a relationship could end out costing you and not just in dollars and cents, but time and energy as well over the long term. So I guess the, the short way of summing this all up is don't use investment advice or investment rate of return, I should say, as the number one factor to determine if you want to hire a financial advisor, because most likely that rate of return is not as valuable as you think it is because it can be replicated by other advisors out there, or maybe just the market has done that well. And any investment portfolio you put together, like the one you have currently, would have done just as well. And the other probably more important part of why just picking an investment advisor or a financial advisor based off of historical rate of return isn't that smart of a move is because it doesn't show you any of the other areas that are extremely important to monitor and be skilled in when it comes to overall financial wellness in the retirement planning space. So knowing that, what is real financial planning? What are those other elements that people should be aware of when it comes to their upcoming retirement and how do those areas align with investment management to make sure that everything's working in that client's best interest as they approach retirement? Well, in my opinion, real financial planning is aligning your financial resources with your goals. Investment management is a piece of that. I'm not saying investments aren't important. They're very, very important, but they are a piece among a lot of others when it comes to real financial planning over a more holistic or comprehensive scope of your life. So what are the other areas of your life that you should be looking into to see if a financial professional is competent enough to be able to handle those areas because they're extremely important when it comes to the viability of 
your future retirement? Well, I have a couple that just come off the top of my mind. And the first one is taxes. You know, taxes could end up being your biggest expense over the life of your retirement, specifically if you have a lot of your retirement savings in 401ks and IRAs, because all it takes is for an uptick increase in federal and or state tax brackets, and your tax liability can grow, and the increase in those federal and state tax brackets aren't anything we can control. So understanding taxes and understanding how long-term tax planning can be extremely beneficial in your overall retirement success is important, specifically when it comes to a few areas. And the first area that jumps off the page to me is asset location when dealing with investments. So again, investment rate of return is important, but also the tax efficiency of a portfolio is extremely important as well. And asset location goes a long way in making sure that that becomes a reality for a pre-retiree or a retiree. So asset location is making sure that you have specific investments inside specific type of accounts. For example, everybody knows what stocks and bonds are. Hopefully, if you're listening to this podcast, stocks grow over the long term a lot more than bonds do. Bonds are a lot safer. Bonds also spin off dividends and interest. So if you have bond investments inside a portfolio and that portfolio is in a taxable account, Every time that bond spins off dividends and interest, whether it gets reinvested or whether it gets sent to you, those dividends and interest show up on your tax return as taxable income that year. Where usually stocks don't spin off the same type of volume when it comes to interest and dividends because they are more growth oriented. So that's the give and take. Stocks will grow over the long term usually over bonds, but bonds will spin off the dividends and interest over a shorter period of time compared to stocks. And that's Again, the give and take of those two different asset classes. Well, asset location is taking those bonds and putting them inside of an account where you don't get taxed every time they spin off dividends and interest, like an IRA. And then you take your more aggressive stock holdings and you put it into taxable accounts or Roth IRAs because they're not spinning off dividends and interest. So if it's in a taxable account, you don't have to worry about a lot of dividends and interest showing up on your tax return as income every single year. And if you can diversify between those two accounts based off of your overall asset location, you can become much more tax efficient. The other area when it comes to taxes is tax diversification from account type. So again, if you have all your money in an IRA, all the money in that IRA will be forced to be taxed at some point, whether it's in your life or your beneficiary's life. And the rate that it gets taxed is totally determined determined by what federal tax rate is out there at the time money gets pulled out. So if we believe that we're going to pull money out of that IRA over the next 20 years, we have no idea what federal and state tax rates are going to be over the next 20 years. And if they're higher, you're actually going to end up paying more in tax because all your money is sitting in that 401k or IRA. So diversifying your assets from account type, instead of having all your money in a 401k and IRA, having some of it in a taxable account, having another large chunk in a Roth IRA will allow you to be able to pick and choose from those different account types to manage your tax liability in any given year best. So asset location and tax diversification are really, really important in correlation with investment management, but taxes and tax planning don't show up on that rate of return number that people usually use to choose a financial professional. So taxes are an important factor. The other important factor when determining whether you should hire a financial advisor 
or not, or comparing financial professionals, is what is their distribution plan strategy when it comes to pulling money out of retirement accounts to pay yourself in retirement? And that's a huge one. And it doesn't show up as a rate of return metric on a statement. So it's really hard for individuals to be able to determine this without asking the question. And a lot of people don't know enough about the world of finance to ask the question. So distribution planning, again, is how do you take money out of your investment accounts in order to pay yourself in retirement without taking too much out where you do long-term harm to your future self or without taking too little out and giving up opportunities to do things in earlier years of retirement while you're still healthy and active. What is that perfect kind of median or medium between those two? And having a distribution plan is extremely important in determining that. So when you have a distribution plan, one of the big first things people try to determine is what the safe withdrawal rate should be out of your portfolio. Again, historically, a safe withdrawal rate has usually been 4% for a lot of people. So if you have a million dollar retirement portfolio, you can withdraw 4% out of there, but that's only $40,000 a year. If you have $500,000, it goes down to $20,000 a year. That 4% withdrawal rate has evolved a little bit where now there are different withdrawal rates people use depending on the change in spending you're willing to make if investment markets either exceed expectations or severely lag in expectations and rate of return as you progress throughout retirement. So distribution planning, one, you have to figure out what is your safe withdrawal rate going to be and how is that withdrawal rate going to change depending on different factors that happen in the world, whether that's political investment, inflation, everything else, how are you going to adjust when those things hit over a 25, 35, 40 year retirement period? And again, this distribution planning and the safe withdrawal rate directly correlates with how your investment portfolios are invested, which again will determine the overall rate of return you see on that statement. My opinion is having a distribution plan and understanding what your safe withdrawal rate is and then building a portfolio that maximizes that potential in your retirement is more important than just the overall rate of return. But again, if you're just basing your decisions off of who you should hire as a financial advisor based off of investment rate of return, you're missing out on something that's even more important, which is the strategy behind the investments that may not be producing the type of rate of return you're used to, but for good reason. So, other important factors besides rate of return from an investment portfolio that you should think about and use to compare financial professionals when it gets to the point of you determining who you want to hire are tax planning and distribution planning. There are a bunch of other different factors out there that you could consider. You know, insurance planning, what are you going to do for long-term care that will directly affect how you use your investments inside your investment portfolio. Life insurance, estate planning, all that stuff somehow is aligned with how you invest your assets which again will directly affect that rate of return that you see, which is why basing your decision solely off of rate of return when determining who you should hire as a financial professional is not a great decision. So again, FarmD Nation, if you're getting to the point where you are thinking about wanting to hire a financial professional, don't use rate of return or investment rate of return on a portfolio as your sole factor. There are so many other, in my opinion, more important things that you should be worried about advisors being able to do for you that will trickle into what your investment portfolio should be, which again will produce a rate of return that in the end we have no control over, but 
cannot be used as an apples to apples comparison of other investment portfolio rates of return that you have experienced already or other advisors have told you that they have gotten because the dynamics behind that portfolio are probably completely different. If you're looking for more information about the podcast, myself, or FarmDFP, feel free to visit the firm's website at www.farmdfp.com. Also, feel free to check out and subscribe to the YouTube channel, FarmD Financial Planning, for more great insight. Email podcast at farmdfp.com with questions, topics, or ideas you'd like to hear more about. Finally, until next time, FarmD Nation, be well. The FarmD Money Podcast is not intended to be tax, legal, or investment advice. All opinions expressed on the show are for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for tax, legal, or investment advice.